Welcome to Diverse City Church Sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Ray. We're in our seventh week of our series where we have focused on the most famous seven I am statements that were made by Jesus. To recap, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today I want to talk to you about where he said, I am the door. In some of y'all's Bibles, it may say, I am the gate. I'm going to read out of John chapter 10. If you've got your Bibles and would like to join me. While you find your place, I just want to take a moment to tell you that next week we will be baptizing some folks. I'm very, very honored about that. Excited. Look forward to baptizing some folks. Dedicating a few children to the Lord. Honoring a few graduates. Really excited. Next week will be good. Hope you guys come out and are a part. In the month of June, just in a few weeks... I know June is, I think, in two weeks from now, but in about three weeks, I really feel led to start a new series. Uh, All through St. Louis, all you got to do is drive around or catch a bus or get on your bike or you can walk, whatever. And you'll see that streets are being worked on, bridges are being torn out, new bridges are being put in. It seems like there is road construction all over St. Louis ever since I arrived here in 09. In 09, when I got here, 40 was closed. At the time, we were going to St. Mary's Hospital, and I didn't even know you could take the highway to St. Mary's and get off at Skinker because I had to go, like, the back way and through the cut and around the corner and around Grandma's house we go to get to to Skinker and, and over to the hospital. And then I found out, oh, there's 40. And it seems like ever since then, there's always been a bridge out, whether it's King, uh, uh, King's Highway, which was out for who knows how many years. 40 was out for who knows how many years. Now uh, 44 is all jacked up. Who knows how many years that'll be. And, and I felt like I want to do a series about road work. And we're going to be looking at some of the most popular signs that we pass all the time, like construction ahead. Caution, bumps, merge, yield. Ladies, get ready. I'm going to preach one on minute work. Only a couple of y'all laugh. rest of y'all convicted. <laughs> and we're just going to have a series um, about being under construction. Because I think sometimes church folk forget they're under construction. Can I get an amen? I said, I think sometimes church folk forget they're under construction. Better yet, sometimes church folks forget other people's under construction. And we set a standard way too high. And we no longer have mercy and grace because we forget how bumpy our roads used to be. We'll talk about dead ends. We'll talk about detours. It's going to be fun. Be in just a couple of weeks. We're going to start with that. But today we're going to wrap up with the I Am series. 
This series has been a little different because it hasn't as much been themed like the one on under construction will be. It's been a lot more theological. We've been looking and referencing the Old Testament quite a bit. It's been a lot more deep and had a lot more to, more depth when it comes to theological references of who God is and who Christ is and, and what that really meant. And we're going to stay right there as we close. For John chapter 10, we're going to simply read verses 1 through 10. And then we're going to go back to verse 1 and we're going to begin to break it down. And we're just going to break down verses 1 through 10 and hopefully give you a better understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, I am the door or I am the gate. So let's start at verse 1. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things what he spoke to them. So then Jesus reiterated and said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door. As mentioned before, I am the gate. I'm the gate of the sheep. All who enter or who have came before me have been thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief, we all know this verse, does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. This passage is very intriguing to me because Jesus says that he is both the shepherd and the door. Unfortunately, I don't have time to go back and talk to you in great detail about what it means when Jesus said that he was the shepherd. But you can go back and look at one of the other uh, series or, or excuse me, messages in this series where I talked about Jesus being the shepherd. And in other places, Jesus said that he was the shepherd. But here, he makes two statements about being the I am. First, he says, I am the shepherd. And then he goes on to say, I am the door. And, and there is a very intriguing and profound uh, thing that we can find as we look at this scripture. 
So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time telling you about how Jesus is the shepherd, but for the sake of contextually getting you and I to understand what Jesus meant when he says, I am the door, I do need to briefly re-explain to you what it means when he said that he was our shepherd. Because that's what he says in this first part of John 10. He's talking about how he's the shepherd. If you look at verse 1, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. So when Jesus is giving this analogy, he is giving the analogy of a bunch of sheep being in a sheepfold. Today, we would call the sheepfold a sheep. Pen. We, would, we would call it some sort of fenced-in area where the sheep stay. And what Jesus was saying is he says is that there are sheep inside of the sheep pen. There are sheep inside of a gated area. And it says anyone that enters into this gated area by climbing up another way is a thief and a robber. Unfortunately, we have a hard time understanding what Jesus is talking about because we are not shepherds. We did not live during the days that he lived and we don't have the experiences that he had. So I want to explain to you a little bit better what's happening here. First, I'll tell you about me when I was in Kenya. I remember being there in Kenya and at every school that you went to, they had doorkeepers. And these doorkeepers, also known as gatekeepers, would stand at the property line. And the gates would be closed to the property of the school. And there would be an armed guard, in many cases, standing there, letting people in and out. See, here in America, we have the intercom system. And you go to a local school anywhere in the city, and you're going to have to beep. And they're going to say, how can I help you? And you'll have to say, hello, I'm here to pick up little Johnny and then they'll buzz you in well back in the day they didn't have intercom systems they didn't have this little wire that they ran through all of the walls or, or a wireless network that was able to see who was at the door and, and confirm the voice with the image that they're seeing on the video and then buzz them in so what they had to do is they had to put someone there on guard and they were called the gatekeeper they were called the doorkeeper. And this person's job was to stand there and let the shepherd in and out and let the sheep in and out when the shepherd says so. I've got a couple pictures here that I want you to see. This first picture here you see is a sheepfold. And, and many times it's built with stones. It could be built a different way, but they would often use natural resources and they would build themselves what I want to just call a fence. It may be circular, it may be square, but in any case it was a walled enclosed area where the sheep would be and then it would have a little area where we're going to call the door. And then you see another picture. This other picture is more of a drawing. And this shows you another stoned in area. And that would be the sheep fold. And inside you see the sheep. And then at the front where the door is, you see the gatekeeper. 
And that is not the shepherd. That's supposed to be the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper would sit there on guard and he would only let the shepherd in and he would allow the sheep to go out once the shepherd comes. The gatekeeper's job was to not pastor the sheep. That was the shepherd's job. The gatekeeper's job was simply to make sure that the sheep stay in and that the sheep don't get out. The doorkeeper's job, it was pretty simple, open and close the door. Everybody with me? And now Jesus begins to give this analogy and he says in verse 1, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door. Go back to that door for me, please. Anyone that does not enter by the door but climbs up another way is a thief and a robber. So what Jesus was saying is if anyone gets in but doesn't go by the door, it's because the guy at the door wouldn't let him in because the guy didn't know him. And if you want to get inside the sheepfold, but you're not the shepherd and you don't know the gatekeeper, you need to jump over the wall to get in. And what Jesus was saying is he says, anyone who enters into where my sheep are, but is not me, the shepherd, is a thief and a robber because they are manipulating the system. They are going around the gated entrance and they're climbing over the door to get to the sheep. It's very important that I lay this foundation for you because you are going to appreciate at the end of this message what Jesus meant when he said, I am the door. In verse 2, we go on and it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. In other verses or versions, it says, to him the gatekeeper opens. So now Jesus is saying, look, anyone who enters by the door, that's the shepherd of the sheep. How can you tell who's the shepherd? Well, according to Jesus, whoever the gatekeeper lets in. If the gatekeeper says hello and opens the gate, guess what? That's the shepherd. And Jesus is saying the shepherd will walk through the door because the doorkeeper opened the door. Here's what I want you to see for a moment. I want you to see in Jesus' day, they did not have boat locks. They did not have master locks, keyed locks. They did not have combination locks. They did not have those cylinder locks that you turn three times to the right, two times to the left, and one time back to the right. They didn't have those new school locks that go up, down, over, over, in whatever pattern you want to open. They did not have facial recognition. They did not have voice activation. The only thing that they had was a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper would watch the sheep and would not allow anyone in unless they recognized the shepherd. 
And now Jesus shows up on the scene speaking to a bunch of people who understood shepherding. They understood the sheepfold. They understood the gatekeeper. And now Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, anyone who gets to my people, the sheep, but doesn't go through the gatekeeper is a thief and a robber. He says, because the shepherd should have an open door to the sheep because the gatekeeper knows me. Everybody say amen. amen. I want to make sure you was with me. So Jesus is saying, I'm the shepherd. And since I'm the shepherd, the gatekeeper opens the gate. He was saying, since I'm the shepherd, the doorkeeper opens the door. See, those who have come before me, they have to jump over the fence. They, they, they have to lie and scheme and manipulate and do whatever it takes. But me, I've got full access because I'm the shepherd. And then he goes on to verse 3 and it says, And the sheep hear my voice. This is important. He says, and the sheep hear my voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And I begin to think about this, and, and what Jesus is saying is when he comes through into the sheepfold, that the sheep hear his voice. Can I tell you for a minute that the children of God, the sheep of God, should be able to recognize the voice of their shepherd? Can I say that again? We as God's children should be able to identify and hear the voice of our shepherd. It really scares me how many people say they have an intimate walk with God, but they don't know what his voice sounds like. Uh-oh. The only way that we can know the voice of God is to know the word of God because we talked about how Jesus is the word of God, the bread of life. And when you know the word, you know his voice. But when you don't know the word, you don't know his voice. And that's why thousands, I'll even go on to say millions of people have been manipulated and led astray by another gospel because they don't know the word of God. Hence, they don't know the voice of God. But Jesus said, when I go through the sheepfold, the door is wide open because I'm the shepherd. And then I began to speak to my sheep and they hear my voice. You know, if you begin to do a study on a shepherd, you'll find out that sheep, even though they're dumb, even though the blind will lead the blind when it comes to sheep, even though the sheep have to go in a flock and they'll do whatever the next sheep is doing, the sheep are always able to identify their master's voice. Even though sheep are dumb and they do what the multitudes do, they still are able to hear the voice of their shepherd. And here Jesus is saying, I'm the shepherd. And I'm going to walk right through the gate. And when the gate gets open and I go in, I'm going to start talking to my sheep. And my sheep are going to hear my voice. Can I tell you that your shepherd wants to talk to you? Our walk with God is not to be some religious, monotonous, weekly going to church experience where you get up, you get down, you shout, you run around, but there's no depth, no substance. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to talk to you? 
The Bible says that he sticks closer to you than your brother. Can I tell you that he is a friend of ours and, and he is everything that we need and want him to be and more. And then it says that not only do the sheep hear his voice, but it says that he calls his own sheep by name. Can I tell you that your shepherd knows your name? Did you hear me? Your shepherd knows your name. There's this theology that is around circulating in our world that says, see, because you got some who are anti-theistic, they believe that there is no God. There's some people who are agnostic or atheist. Some will say there is no God or there shouldn't be, anti there shouldn't be religion or the organized religion's jacked up and it's all hoax. And then others will say that, you know what, I don't even really know if God exists. But then there are some that believe that God ex created the world, but but they believe that God is absent of creation and he's no longer involved in what happens. Can I tell you that God is very involved in what's happening in our world? And I'll go a little bit more personal and say that God is involved in what's happening in you. And sometimes it may seem like God is absent in your life, in your marriage, in your school, in your work, or wherever you're going through and doing. But God is present and he's a present help in a time of need. And he doesn't only know your problems, but he knows the number of... Of hairs as the Bible says on your head he knows how many hairs you have on your head I was driving to church this morning and I was looking in my rearview mirror and I said Lord and this ain't no joke this is for real I said Lord why is my gray hairs always stand up <laughs> have y'all noticed that no, not on me on you it's like your color hairs be on fleek. But the gray ones, it's like, I don't get it. They're uncontrolled, untamed, just boom, mind of their own. And I'm like, Lord, like, can, can you just stay down? Can you just stay down? Put, it don't gel, boing, then it's just harden up. That didn't sound right. <laughs> Father, I pray you'll sanctify some folks. <laughs> Set them free, Lord. I'm talking about gray hair. And these hairs, man, I, I just can't get it. And, you know, I just drove away and I said, Lord, I, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, two things came to mind. Number one was I need to go get a number one fade to get rid of my gray hairs popping up. And number two, God knows every hair that's on my head. And the scripture literally says that. They are numbered. He, he knows that much detail about us. And really that's what Jesus is reiterating and saying here. He's saying, hey guys, I'm coming through the gate. And I'm going to speak. I hope you hear my voice. But just to let you know, I'm going to call you by name. See, a shepherd, not a thief. See, a thief doesn't know you. See, when you're a thief, you're a number. But when you're a shepherd, you're a name. I need to say that again. See, the devil doesn't care what your name is, what your problems are, where you came from, and what you're going through. But God knows you by name. He knows your problems. He knows your hurt. He knows your struggles. He knows your worries. And he cares about you. A shepherd is interested in his sheep. A shepherd smells like his sheep. 
But the thief, he doesn't care about you. Matter of fact, he's going to manipulate and come around the backside to get to you. And when he comes in, he don't even need to call you by name. He'll call you by temptation. He'll call you through manipulation and deception because he's a thief. He's a robber. But Jesus, Jesus, the good shepherd, calls you by name. And then look what it says. He leads them out. So, so when you go back and you're thinking about this picture, the shepherd is going to go to the gatekeeper and say, what's up, gatekeeper? And say, what's up, bro? And he's going to give him a high five and he's going to open it up and let him go in. And then the, and then the shepherd's going to get inside and he's going to begin to call him by name. Jeremy, Drew, Cornelius, Virginia, Quincy, Pookie, Ray Ray, Lorinda, Tyrone, Sammy, Johnny, because he knows them. He knows them by name. But then after that, after he has spent a few moments with them, whatever that may be, he rounds them all up together and he's going to take them out. But look at the word there. It says that he does what? He leads them out. What that means is he doesn't open the gate and say, okay, go find out where you're going to go and how you're going to do it. No, the shepherd has been preparing himself for the sheep. The shepherd already knows where he's going before he goes. What that means is he doesn't fly by the seat of his pants like some of you. What it means is he's a strategic planner and the day before he was finding out where he was going to take his sheep before he went to get his sheep. So then when he gets into his sheep, he gets them all together and says, hey guys, follow me. And he goes out and all of his sheep begin to follow him and he takes them to green pastures. He takes them to still waters. He takes them where they need to go to get what they need to get because a good shepherd knows what the sheep need. See, I need to really set a tone here to get you to understand what's happening. I hope that your imagination has got you there and that you're right at the sheep fold with me. Then in verse 4, it says, And when he brings out his own sheep, When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I began to think to myself, wonder how many of God's sheep at Diverse City Church are following him. I said, I wonder how many sheep at Diverse City Church know his voice. I hate to say this, but a lot of times church folks don't know the voice of God. A lot of times church folks think they're following the shepherd, but they're following a thief. You hear that? Anything that tries to get, anybody who tries to get you to do anything contrary to the word of God is a thief. And you wouldn't believe how many good Christians thought they were following Jesus, but because they didn't know the voice of Jesus, they were actually following a thief. And we need to learn the voice of God, the word of God, so we know that we are indeed following God. Then in verse 5, it goes on and says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. What the saying is a real sheep that has developed a relationship with the shepherd will by no means follow a stranger. What this means is even if a fake shepherd, a thief, 
was able to jump over the wall and grab a sheep and then throw it back over the wall and say, come on, follow me, you're free. The sheep is not going to follow the thief because they don't know the thief. And my question to you is, if a thief comes into church and looks like the shepherd, but doesn't smell like the shepherd, looks like the shepherd, but doesn't act like the shepherd, will you be able to identify it's a stranger and not follow? Or will you simply follow because you don't know? It breaks my heart to see how many people are in church and they think, if I meet someone in church, they must be sent by the shepherd. I want you to know that there are thieves in the sheepfold. There are thieves and robbers in the church. Well, pastor, if there's thieves and robbers in the church, why don't you get rid of them? Because if we get rid of them, we got to get rid of you. Uh-oh. So, you, so you're telling me there's going to always be people here that, that, that ain't operating on 100? Yeah. That's why we say we're the perfect church for imperfect people. Because we're all jacked up and we all got issues. So what do we do, Pastor? Do, I, do we try to get rid of them? Do we put, put them over in a certain section? Do you at least tell us who they are so we know who not to interact with? No. You go home. You get in the Word of God. You find out what the voice of God is, the Word of God is. And then you on your own can identify who the shepherd is and who the shepherd isn't. Well, that's good preaching right there. breaks my heart to see how many people continue to lower their standard and allow people into their inner circle just because they met them at church. Look, there's a lot of church folk I don't trust. There's lots of pastors I don't trust. Bishop, I don't care what title you got. If you ain't smelling like the shepherd, I ain't following you. But for some reason, we think if they're in the fold, they must be of the shepherd. And Jesus says, look, I, I need to set some things straight. The sheep are in the fold, but if they don't come through the gate, they're not of me. So what that means is not everyone in the church is going to be the shepherd. Neither should we expect everyone in the church to be good for us. So what that means is there's some people that you'll be very close to and you'll have the filio love, the brotherly love. You'll have a heart to heart. You'll share everything you are with them and them to you. But then there's some that you'll simply have agape love with. You love them, you help them, you serve them, but you will not let them into your deepest parts because they don't deserve it yet. A lot of us think that if we put up protective measures and don't let everybody in that we're not being like Jesus. And that couldn't be further from the truth because Jesus had his inner circle. It was three disciples. The Bible mentions those three disciples more than anyone else in the entire Gospels. And then there's the 12. And those 12 are mentioned in any other 12 in the entire Gospels. And then he had his 70 that he sent out two by two. 
And then there was the multitude. Jesus treated the multitude just like he treated everyone else. A prostitute, a blind man, a lame man, a paralyzed man, a dead man. It didn't matter who they were or if they were in the inner circle. Jesus loved them all. But there was only a few that had access to all of him. Why do I say that to you? Because we need to realize that even though we're in the sheepfold, not everybody comes to the door. Some people jumped over the wall. That's why the other analogy or parable is the wheat and the tear. There's wheat, which is good. That's the godly people. And then there's tear, T-A-R-E. And these are the weeds, but they look just like wheat. And Jesus was warning them to be careful because there's wheat and tear. That means in any field, any church, you'll have both wheat and tear. They all look the same, but the roots are different. That's good. So what that means is there's going to be people that shout, that dance, that pay money, that volunteer, they praise the Lord, they help pastor, they serve in ministry, but they're a tear. They look like wheat. But they're not. And then the question was, then what do we do? Do we uproot the wheat or the, the tear? Do we take them out? And Jesus says, certainly not. You don't take up the tear. Because if you take up the tear, if you root up the weed, you risk rooting up the wheat. See, sometimes we do more damage than good fighting the devil rather than building up God's people. Sometimes you need to identify tares and just simply let the tares be and you pray that they become a wheat and when they do, you'll treat them like wheat. I think that's the other problem is some people have seen tares for so long that when they become wheat, they don't change their standard and they keep treating them like tares. See, we as people, as Christians, need to know two things. Number one, we need to know that not everyone in the church is wheat. But number two, we need to know that even the tares can become wheat. And when they do, we treat them like wheat and not like tares. Because if you start treating them like tares when they are now wheat, God's going to treat you like a tare because you thought you was a wheat. That's why the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. The same measure you judge, you will be judged too. So now he's saying, yet by no means you should follow a stranger. Know my word. Know my word. But, but we'll flee from him. It says a sheep will flee from a stranger. A, a, a sheep, someone that knows God, knows the voice of God, will flee from a tear. It says, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Family of God, we should not know the voices of strangers. We should know the voice of the shepherd. Then he goes down to verse 7, and it says, then Jesus said again. Now, now the reason he said again is because they were a little bit confused. They, they didn't understand. In verse 6, it says, well, well, they didn't really understand. And Jesus says, oh, duh, you don't understand. So since you don't understand, let me reiterate and kind of fix and make this understand, you know, make it clear to you. So Jesus said to him again, most certainly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. This, this is so important. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. Okay? Well, just a moment ago, 
Remember, go back to that picture for me, the, the second picture, please. Just a moment ago, Jesus said that he was the shepherd. And, and he said that when he gets to the gate, that the gatekeeper opens the door, right, and lets him in. And he says when he goes in, they know his voice, he knows their name, and he leads them out, and they follow him. And they go with him because they know his voice. So, so the first five or six scriptures in John chapter 10, Jesus is showing us that he's the shepherd. And he's referencing himself as a shepherd and saying he needs to go through the gate. And now he goes down to verse 7 and he says, most assuredly I say to you, and he doesn't repeat himself because they're confused and say, oh, let me tell you again, I'm the shepherd. He goes even deeper and he says, look, I told you in the first five verses that I'm the shepherd. He's, but now let me tell you that I'm the door. First, he said he was the shepherd. He's the one that knows your name. He's the one that knows the number of hairs on your head. He's the one that's leading you in the green pastures. He's the one providing and making a way for you. And, and he is the one that will have the open door to get into the sheep. And now Jesus says, since you're a little confused, let me go a little bit further and tell you not only am I the sheep, excuse me, the shepherd to the sheep, but I am also the door to the sheep. And then he says in verse 8, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. And the sheep did not hear them. Then he says in verse 9, but I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and he will go out and he will find pasture. And I began to think about this. I said, Lord, I really want to know what, you, what are you saying here? This is why last week it was so important for me to, uh, two weeks ago to break it up and have two closing uh, sermons because God gave me such a deep revelation of him being the door. And, and really, he, he, here's the thing. God is not just your shepherd. He's not just the one that brings you to green pastures and still waters. He's not just the one that knows your name and protects you and, 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 and helps you and, and takes care of you and disciplines you as we talked about the sermon, in the sermon of the good shepherd. But Jesus is also the door. And I began to think, hold on, in, in their day and age, there was the door, the doorkeeper, and the shepherd. There were three different people, or three different items, two people and the door. But Jesus is saying, I'm the shepherd, I'm the door, and I'm the one that opens up the door. And I began to think, and I said, Lord, what, 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 what is this you're saying? And he says, you know, so many people underestimate my sovereignty, I'm not just their shepherd. I'm the sovereign God that opens and shuts every door for them. God is so much more than the one that brings provision in your life. He's so much more than the one that leads you to green pastures and still waters. God is the door opener. God is the one that closes every door you've been complaining about. God's the one that opens every door that you thought your talent opened. 
God is the one that makes provision for your business, that brings you financial increase, that brings donors that pour in to your nonprofit. Can I tell you that God is the way maker and he doesn't just bring provision, but he opens doors for you. And, and a shepherd, see a shepherd doesn't have access to the sheep unless the door gets opened. But Jesus is saying, I don't need nobody to open no door for me because I am the door. And I open the doors I want open. And I shut the doors I want shut. And I do what I want to do. I don't need no man, no system, no political party, no amount of money. I don't need to network. I don't need to smooth. I don't need to write grants. I don't need to know people. I am the way, the truth, the life, the door. I am everything and all I need to do is say open and it's open or closed and it's closed because I am everything. When Jesus said he was the door, he was saying something so deep. He was saying I need absolutely no one. I'm contingent upon nothing. I am independent. I operate all by myself. I'm self-sufficient and I don't need you, your family, or your friends because I am a way maker and I make a way where there seems to be no way and when all hope is gone, I will still open a door for you because I am the door. See, I think someone needs to know today that Jesus is the door. And you start celebrating and say, Lord, it looks like every area is closed, but you're the God that can open it up. It seems like there's no way out, but you're the God that can make a way. See, a natural shepherd relies on God to make it rain. And then upon the rain that the earth has now been saturated with water it gets the nourishment necessary in the, the, the grass and, and whatever vegetation that the sheep needs begins to grow. See a shepherd needs God to make it rain. And Jesus was saying, look, I'm giving you this cute analogy about the sheepfold and the sheep and the gate and the gatekeeper. And I know that I'm the shepherd. He says, but don't let me in right there. I need to tell you that I am the door. I'm the one that makes it rain. I am the king of kings and lord of lords. I am the one that does everything. Mother nature bows at my knee, at my name. Oh yeah, Jesus was saying there is nothing outside of me. And this is how we opened up the entire series. Is we talked about how the I am. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. Moses encountered God at the burning bush. And Moses says, God, when I go back to Israel and the people ask me who you are, what's your name? And God says, don't worry about my name. All you need to know is I am. He says, what do you mean I am? He says, I am who I am. He says, I am everything. I am rain. I am sun, I am nourishment, I am green pasture, I am still water, I am provision, I am breakthrough, I'm the way maker, I was, I am, I always will be, I can't be changed, I'm consistent every single day of the week, I am who I am. And then Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the door. I open doors. I shut doors. I make everything happen. Jesus was saying, without me, we're always in a hallway. 
but with God. He opens up doors and take you places that you've always wanted to go. Can I tell you the reason that maybe your door isn't open is because you're thinking your door is your education, but today you realize that your door is Jesus? Can I tell you that your breakthrough may not be meeting a millionaire, it's meeting Jesus? Can I tell you that looking for your husband or your wife or your marriage to be restored, you don't need a counselor or a therapist or someone to come in and solve your situation? the first thing you need before anything else is to realize that Jesus is the door and he's the way that'll change everything in your life yes formal education is wonderful but it can only take you so far networking and meeting people will take you somewhere but it can only take you so far what your degree is and where you graduated from and the high school you went to and how you dress and how you look and how you talk all those things are important but can I tell you there's a door greater than all of that and his name is Jesus and he's saying I am the door and if you want me to open up doors of limitless opportunities for you You need to realize I'm the door. I'm the door. And then he says, the thief, the one who goes around the door, because they can't even open the door. (laughs) Here Jesus talks about a thief who can't open the door and has to go around the door and jump over the wall. And Jesus is saying, I am the door. And and what I thought about was how many church people are following someone or a system, a lie, a false reality, believing that that door can get you where you want to go. But really what Jesus is saying is that can't even get you through the door. See, what happens is when we think education will get us there, we're really trying to manipulate the system and find a loophole. And you can only go so high with a loophole. But when you go through the door of Jesus, he opens up limitless opportunities for the people of God. And then he says, after I am the door, he says, look, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Anybody that you follow that comes over the fence. Anyone you follow that's not following me is going to do nothing but kill you, steal from you, and destroy you. He's saying, look, please, please stop following people who can open a door and start following the door. Please stop following the fake shepherd when you can follow the shepherd. Because when you follow the door... I'm going to give you life, and life more abundantly. I think if I ask people to raise their hands and tell me how many people have been following things that they thought that would get them there, but they found out that it has has stolen their joy, it has killed their hope, and maybe even destroyed their family. People time after time say, I thought that job was the answer. And you got the pay raise and you're more depressed now than you were before. 
Oh, that new car's the answer. And, and you finally found someone to get you that car and you got it. And now you're more anxious and full of anxiety than you were before because you realize you can't handle the payment. I can tell you about people who knew that they were the best thing for them and God gave them to them. And I knew that God didn't, but they don't listen to me because I'm just trying to destroy their future. So they go off and do what other people tell them not to do. And five years later, they're miserable and divorced. Why is it? Why, why does that happen? Because it's so tempting to follow something that looks so good but came over the fence. Well, maybe he came over the fence because he didn't know where the door was. Maybe they came over the fence because they didn't know the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper was racist. Maybe they didn't come over the fence because the gatekeeper, you know, we, we've heard stories about the gatekeeper. And we begin to manipulate and justify things in our minds. And we begin to lower our standard. And the next thing you know, we're jumping over the gate following a stranger. And five years later, we look back and say, how did we get here? It's quite easy. You went over the fence and set it through the door. God's calling his people to a place that they can identify who the shepherd is. And they begin to follow him because they know his voice. They know his word. They know who he is. And as they follow him, not only will he lead them to green pastures and still waters, but he will also restore your soul. But he'll go even further than that. He's going to begin to open doors that didn't seem like they could be open. He's going to begin to close doors that didn't seem like they could be closed. He's going to begin to reverse things that didn't seem like they could can be reversed because our God is more than a shepherd. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You'll get jobs you shouldn't have got. You'll get raises you didn't deserve. You'll get increases that you never saw coming because we serve a God who is able and capable and willing to open doors for his people. Hallelujah. I hope today you have realized that we serve a God that's greater. Amen. This is week seven of our series, I Am. And we have found out today that he is a whole lot more than a shepherd. He's the door opener. He's a whole lot more than a door opener. He's the door He's the door. Amen. We're going to close in a song together. We're going to sing a door song. Y'all, who knows the doors? No, I'm just messing around. So my white folks were like, yeah. The doors. If I knew a door song, I used to listen to doors, but I'm so safe, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, I can't even remember them. I'm just messing because I still know Tupac and Biggie, so. But family, I think that this is a great time for you to leave today remembering that not only is Jesus your shepherd, but he's also the door. Some of you feel like your back is up against the wall and you wish something would change. You know that God is in control. You know he'll keep leading you. 
but you wonder, will my situation ever change? And can I tell you, I don't exactly know what it's going to look like in the future, but I just want to remind you that we serve a God that can open up doors. We serve a God that is so sovereign that he can change situations. And it is up to you and I to just hold on, to just stand firm in our faith, and know some way, somehow, at some time, the door is going to work out. And, he, and, and it's going to open up. It's going to close up. It's going to do something different. And it's not up to us to figure it all out. All we need to do is trust that Jesus is our door. Amen? So I want to ask you a question in closing. How many of y'all say, you know what, I, I'm very thankful to know today, Pastor, that Jesus is the door. And there's some things in my life that I need to close. And there's some other areas in my life that I wish you'd open. And I'm just trusting you. I'm just trusting you. You're my door and I'm trusting you. If that's you, just, just say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I need you to open some things up. I need you to close some things up. I need you to rearrange some things in my life. Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I need you to work some stuff out, Lord. You know what I'm going through. You know where I'm at. You, you know what it is, God. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and nothing's working out. Door, I need you to come through. Door, I need you to open. Door, I need you to close. Just begin to speak to those situations in your life and say Jesus you're a door Jesus you're the door you're the way maker Jesus I need you Jesus I need you make a way in my life God you know where I'm at you know what I'm going through you know my situation oh God I need you to open some stuff up oh God I need you to close some things out rearrange some stuff in my life Lord because I need you I need you Lord Father, have your way. Have your way. Hear the prayers of my family. Hear the prayers of my family, my brothers, my sisters. Hear the prayers, Lord, and begin to open and shut and rearrange and allow your sovereign hand to work on behalf of your children. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Hallelujah. These altars are open. If anybody needs prayer, we'd love to pray for you. God bless you. We're going to sing a song. God bless you. Please feel free to worship. Feel free to come to this altar for prayer. If anybody wants to surrender their life to the Lord or just says, I just need something, we're here. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us and we hope this message blessed you. 